Lucas and the Outlaws add more full-timers. The Tulsa Shootout wraps up. We've got the Flow Series schedule, and we'll talk Rick Ferkel. Let's go. It's Monday, January 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Happy New Year, friends. Hope that hangover isn't treating you too badly today. We've got a bunch of stuff to get into, uh, and we'll start first with last night's Tulsa shootout results. As is usual, plenty of wild moments during the week, including a few scuffles at the top of the ramp, a thrown steering wheel or two. But even with that amount of cars in one place, the cream always seems to rise to the top. In the younger categories, Braxton Flat made a nice late move on J.J. Beeson to score the junior sprint victory after starting in sixth. And the restricted win went to Wyatt Miller, who started on the pole and drove on to a nearly 2.6 second margin of victory. Both the younger categories were won by drivers piloting cars campaigned by Chad Boat. And Wyatt Miller, if you don't know, is the son of Kelly Earnhardt Miller and L.W. Miller and is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s nephew. He's become a regular at Millbridge Speedway and the Earnhardt bloodline seems like it's alive and well. The night's stock non-wing victory went to Frank Flood. Ricky Thornton Jr. looked like the car to beat in that race, uh, driving from six to the lead, but his engine went south late, giving the top spot to Chris Carroll, who then got outdueled by the ninth starting Flood. The outlaw non-wing feature was uh, won by Blake Hahn, who started third, picked up his ninth career golden driller. In A-class, it was an incredible comeback win for Ashton Torgerson, uh, who had that terrifying midget crash at the Chili Bowl a year ago. He was out front early, held off challenges from both Flood and Days and Pursley. And in the night's finale, Emerson Axum drove from fourth to the front by lap 16 and went the distance for his fourth career driller. It was also his third career a winged outlaw score. Jake Hagopian finished second in his Tulsa shootout finale, and Joe B. Miller was third in that one. With the shootout now complete, the focus for the Tulsa Expo Center will shift to the Chili Bowl team's practice next Sunday. That's January 7th, with racing beginning a week from today on Monday, January 8th. Before we move on, uh, if you aren't subscribed to our email newsletter, The Slider, you can check that out over at dirttracker.com slash The Slider. Later in December, we had an interview with Bill Baylog from Jordan Willman uh, as the North Pole Nightmare gets set for his World of Outlaws rookie run. We've also had a, a recent piece from Earnhardt Jaworski that came out the day after Christmas. It was about the new era of sprint car racing and the coexistence that will be necessary for success on both sides. And coming up, I've got another interview uh, this one with Casey Kane. Uh, you can sign up to get the emails free. And if you want to contribute an article for a future uh, issue, let me know. I do pay for submissions that get published. Well, we talked yesterday about some recent series commitments on the sprint car side, and I wanted to double back to a few late model ones that have happened in recent weeks as well. On the World of Outlaws late model side, I believe we're now at 14 total for next season. We did get the official nod from the series about Bobby Pierce returning, but we already knew about that one. He'll be back to defend his series champion uh, championship. Uh, and at the moment, I think based on commitments, I'd say Brandon Shepard will be his closest competition. Of the top five in 2023 points, the two drivers we didn't know about yet were Chris Madden, who remains uncommitted at this moment, and Kyle Bronson. But the series announced back on December 27th that Bronson will return next season as a full-timer with the World of Outlaws Land Model Series. He ended this past year fourth in the standings with a win, 11 top fives, and 24 top tens. He had a very strong month of June where he picked up his win. He led laps in six of eight straight races and had six podiums. The team did switch to Longhorns partway through the season, and this time off should give them a chance to reset and have those cars ready to go come Florida. I think this team should be in the mix again regularly in 2024, and multiple series wins are possible. On the Lucas side, we've got uh, one fresh face coming in and one championship contender back for 2024. 
The fresh face is North Carolina driver uh, Daniel Adam. Uh, he raced 42 times in 2023 across various late model series and legends cars. He made three Lucas appearances, all at East Bay, and four outlaw appearances. One of those came at Brownstown, plus he ran all three nights at World Finals. He'll join the series at Golden Isles in January, running rocket chassis with pro power engines. And the championship contender that's returning is Devin Moran. This one, not really a surprise, uh, and I don't know that I've seen it posted anywhere super publicly, but I was informed via the Dirt Tracker Instagram account uh, from Moran's camp uh, that he will be back next season. He nearly stole the championship at Eldora in 2023 as a bit of a dark horse coming into that final four at the Dirt Track World Championship. He eventually finished second in the championship behind series uh, title winner Hudson O'Neill. Moran had two Lucas wins a year ago driving for Double Down Motorsports and had an insane run to the finish that saw him finish ninth or better in 17 straight races to close out the season. That team definitely figured out something late in the summer, and we know Moran can pile up wins when he gets hot. The additions of Moran and Adam take the Lucas field to 11 at the moment. Uh, some names we are still waiting to hear 2024 plans for include uh, Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton, and Tyler Erb. Overton has obviously talked about wanting to be back with uh, with Lucas next season. I haven't heard anything about Overton, uh, and some rumors have pointed to Herb maybe going pick and choose next season. Uh, the final big schedule piece we were waiting for on the late model side for this upcoming racing season was released in recent days as well. The Flow Racing Night in America late models will again be back for 10 races at nine tracks. Spoon River, Lincoln, Brownstown, Macon, Eldora, Fairbury, Lernerville, I-75, and Sonoya will all host the series from May 8th through November 16th this year. All are weekday shows except the finale at Sonoya, uh, and all will pay $20,000 to win at least. The two win amounts uh, were adjusted down from last year, but series GM Ben Shelton says they redistributed that money down through the field and are growing feature fields from 22 cars up to 24. The payouts are in line with what we'd heard uh, about what Flow was going to do before. And uh, with some of the changes we've seen elsewhere, this is kind of in line with places like Eldora. Uh, this will be year three of this miniseries with Brandon Shepard and Bobby Pierce winning the titles the first two go-arounds. You can see the full uh, Flow schedule over at flowseries.com. Uh, finally today, some sad news in the sprint car world. The Ohio traveler Rick Ferkel passed away at the age of 84. Ferkel is a Sprint Car Hall of Famer and was one of the original World of Outlaws drivers. He's also 29th all-time in Outlaw wins at 21. Besides his time as a racer, he was also a series official, crew chief, and campaigned cars for all sorts of other drivers. Social media is being lit up today by tributes uh, to Ferkel, who was instrumental in so many careers throughout his life, including the one of now NASCAR Cup Series driver Christopher Bell. If you want to hear from the Ohio Traveler yourself, go find Open Red episode number 91 from back in 2018. Me and Ross Weiss got to interview him, and in that episode, he tells the famous story of building a sprint car out of his daughter's swing set and then taking it to Eldora. As he talks about, money was tight. Uh, he was building cars and chassis at his home and needed some metal tubing because he'd been crashing too often. It's one of the classic open red moments and an insane story you should absolutely hear for yourself if you haven't heard it before. A quick Google search will lead you to that episode. Uh, so long to the Ohio Traveler. That's it for the show today. The streaming schedule is quiet, but you can find it anytime over at dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. All uh, a ton of other cool stuff is available over at dirttracker.com as well. And I did get asked uh, here today about other YouTube channels that you can watch kind of while we're in this off season and these breaks in between some races. If you go uh, youtube.com slash dirttracker and scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a ton of other YouTube channels there from drivers and series and racetracks, all sorts of stuff there. So plenty of other good content can be found uh, via the YouTube, uh, the Dirt Tracker YouTube channel. 
I hope you guys have a great Monday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.